Welcome to part three of Health System CIO's interview with Lee Milligan, CIO at Asante. In this segment, Dr. Milligan talks about how sacrificing productivity in the short term can help improve processes in the long term, why high reliability should be a goal for the entire organization, not just the IT department, and the valuable lesson he learned during his first few months as CIO. Some of the experience you have that I could see really being helpful in this role is what you've done with the Physician Builder Program. So I, I can imagine that that certainly falls into the pro category of having that kind of understanding. Yeah, for sure. That, that piece has been big. When we got our class ARCH collaborative survey result back, we were a bit nervous because we'd never really taken our temperature in an objective way. We, we thought we'd done a pretty good job of delivering a decent EHR for our folks, but we weren't 100% sure. And the class ARCH collaborative came back and it was really, really positive. And okay. it surprised most of us yeah. that it came out quite that good. But one of the things that the ARCH collaborative is known for is they slice and dice the information in 85 different ways. I think the initial PowerPoint had like 220 slides and it was crazy. Yeah. What am I going to do with this? But one of the slides that really stood out was they broke down satisfaction based on specialty and they put you and they compared you to the rest of the arts collaborative. And when you looked at the specialties, there were five or six that really stood out as being way above the average. In some cases, it was literally twice the satisfaction. And if you look at those specialties, each one of those in our system has a physician builder. And the ones that were average or close to average don't. So it was a really, it was a really fascinating slide to look at. We thought, there you go. I mean, we invested yeah. in these specialties. We put a point person there to help navigate that, and it's clear that it's having a result. And so the, the guy who took my place, Peter Canning, is now taking that to the next level. He's developing a more advanced position builder program that has a little more clarity around what the goals are and the objectives. Uh, and then on top of that, he's developing a brand new training program for ongoing training for our providers. Right. So as far as, as the class ARCH collaborative, so that's something that, that the organization has been involved with in the past, so that, that's certainly not a new thing, but I can imagine that it is really important to get that information, um, even though at some points I'm sure you're not sure what to expect, but it seems like a really beneficial way to, to get the pulse of your users. Yeah, I, I think not doing it all this time has been a mistake because we really, we've relied on kind of anecdotal evidence of how people are experiencing mm-hmm. it and of course, the, the loudest folks aren't always the most representative folks. So, yeah, sure. So, so uh, this was great to get this kind of feedback. Uh, they also provide kind of a written narrative of what people's comments were. And I, I literally printed it out, had it bound, and I read it over a weekend. It was 110 pages worth of feedback, single space. And uh, <laughs> some were easier to read than others. But I felt like, you know, if I was going to ask folks to sit down and take out 20 minutes of their day, fill out a survey, then, you know, I better dang well be ready to sit down and read every word they wrote. Right. Sure. I mean, it's one of those times where I'm sure you can draw from your own experience and what you would have really found valuable as a clinician, as a user. And yeah, I think that that really speaks to, uh, like you said before, that that goal of the customer experience and making sure that it's as good as possible. Yeah, exactly. So right now, what would you say are some of the really um, big priorities? I think moving forward, 
given the fiscal constraints that really most health systems are going to experience, mm-hmm. I think I'm going to need to do more with the same, not more with less, but more with the right. same. So in order to widen our bandwidth, we're going to have to do what we currently do in a more automated fashion and in a more efficient fashion. And so that comes back to the whole internal process improvement framework that we have in place. We're building out our separate SharePoint site for this internal process improvement where we're going to showcase what it is we're working on, what it is we've, we've effectively executed on, and how that has an operational impact to IT. We're already starting to have some examples. I'll give you one, one brief one. Our HIM analysts or our medical record analyst, uh, EPIC analysts build out the work queues so that the HIM chart correction folks can work a queue. So basically, if a doc documents the wrong patient, it falls into a queue, and that queue gets worked by somebody to correct the errors in the medical record. We followed these guys around, and we noticed that the queue frequently had charts in there that were not erroneous. And so the manager, as part of this OKR framework, is able to work with the HIM EPIC analyst to basically improve the filter by which these charts make their way into the queue. And when he measured it, it turned out he had three analysts that were working the queue. Each one of them was spending about a quarter of their time erroneously working on charts that shouldn't be there. Mm. They fixed it on the front end And so now that queue only has charts that really are appropriately incorrect. And he freed up 0.75 FTE by simply making that one correction. I think that's an example of the kind of internal process improvement work that we can do in order to do more with the same. Right, right. Yeah, that's so important. And then that's building that really strong foundation. Yeah, and I think when the culture shifts, people begin to realize that, yes, when there's problems, you know, there is a framework in place where we can fix these things, and it's important to our CIO that we do so, and we're recognized for having done so. And part of my job, one of the, one of the most controversial things that I've done is I, I told our executives that my team is going to be doing 10% less over the next couple of years in terms of productivity. Mm-hmm. And I've asked folks to take out four hours of their week to work on internal process improvement. And so that corresponds to less output of reports or build or whatever it might be. And that was difficult for some folks to digest. My CEO is very supportive. But ultimately, if we can look internally and make these improvements, then our bandwidth is going to expand exponentially. Right, right. That's really key. And I would think that it makes a significant difference not coming into this role, feeling like you have to come up with this whole new strategic roadmap, but really just focusing on improving processes and doing those things that really are going to have a long-term impact. Yes. And and if our team has clarity about what the ultimate objectives are of its exceptional Mm -hmm. customer experience and it's really reliable, When I first came up with these, the people in technical services, the people taking care of the hard drives and the storage and all that stuff, and the networks, that made sense to them, the idea of a high reliability organization. But the people in Epic said, you know what, that's not really my job. And I said, let's define high reliability. I said, let's say I'm in the electronic Mm -hmm. health record, and I'm in chart review, and I see an icon that says EKG. And when I click on the EKG, it opens up. But instead of having an EKG, it's a single lead rhythm strip. I said, is that reliable? And I give another example, only because I've experienced this as a clinician multiple times, where you see an icon that says pulse oximetry, which is basically a measurement of how much oxygen is in your blood. 
And for some reason, I don't know why, in our system, we messed that up years ago. And sometimes when you click on that, you get a pulmonary function test result instead. Mm. Oh, wow. And so I gave that example as well. I said, so this, this yeah. concept of a high reliability isn't just for the network folks and the storage folks. This is for everybody to do their job reliably. Okay. So when you look at how the role has been so far, was there, was there anything that really surprised you just as far as what it's actually like when you're doing the CIO role on a day-to-day basis? Um, the biggest surprise to me was that people really want FaceTime with you. Mm. In the beginning, I kind of felt like I was butting in. I was doing so because I wanted to learn, but I was surprised how much FaceTime people really want. I have an open door policy and I, I talk about this and we have a newsletter, monthly newsletter. We also have a, a department meeting every other month where I get up and speak for about a half hour. And I always talk about, you know, no matter what else is going on, if you find yourself in a quirky situation, I'm always available. And I've had literally 20 people take me up on that. Oh, wow. um, and sometimes it's just a kibesh about their scenario. Sometimes it's talking about process improvement. Sometimes it's a scenario that is awkward for them to bring to their direct supervisor. And so I help them navigate that a little bit. But yeah. I've been amazed by how much folks really want FaceTime. And now with this OKR framework in place, it's helpful for me because I can review their OKRs before I get there. And I can say, hey, tell me about X, Y, or Z. Right. And you've talked about some of the things that, that you did to uh, prepare for the role. But is there anything we didn't touch on as far as advice you would offer to somebody going into the CIO role, the, their first CIO role? The one thing I I haven't mentioned yet that I I forgot to mention, but I think is really important, is take some time and make a list of your core vendors and Mm -hmm. develop a strategy to develop a strong working relationship with those vendors. Mm -hmm. I sat down in the first, maybe the second month, and made a list of our core vendors, Microsoft, Cisco, Kronos, Infor, uh, Epic, of course, and a few others. I made a list of those folks and I set up meetings, long meetings with each of them to really dive into what are the products we're taking? What are the ones we could be taking? Where's their overlap? Where's the relationship been solid? Where's it been shaky, et cetera. I'll, I'll give you one example. You know, we're obviously dependent on the internet in order to be able to get our jobs done. We're in three hospitals. If Epic goes down or if the network goes down in one area, it's going to affect everything. If the internet goes down, we have redundancy. We have two separate vendors, uh, internet service providers, Charter and Hunter, but still it's really important that that it's working. So recently we had some challenges with one of our internet service providers and the problem persisted for a long time. And my staff had to work the entire weekend. One staff member was up over 24 hours trying to navigate this thing. And I didn't have an escalation pathway. This was one vendor I had not put on my list. And so after that scenario died down, I uh, reached out to our account rep and said, I want to have a meeting with their, your regional VP and myself mm-hmm. to have a yeah. conversation. And they did a great job. They brought together a number of people. We had a, maybe four people on our side and two people on their side, um, a few people who called in as well. And we had a terrific conversation, and they provided me an escalation pathway that went all the way up to the corporate VP and their cell phone number. And it was one of those things that I should have done on the front end, but kind of lesson learned. And I've done yeah. something similar to that with each of our core vendors as I've gotten to know them. And that's been really helpful. And on the Epic side, UGM just happened not long ago. And for the very oh, first right. time ever, Asante sent a chief executive officer to UGM. 
Okay. So my CEO and I went back to UGM. And so building that solid relationship with your core vendors, I think, is critical. And so I'm, yeah. I'm starting down that journey right now. Right. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because I can imagine that's something that definitely does come up as, as a challenge, you know, really trying to, to manage those relationships as effectively as possible and obviously such a huge part of the role. It is. If you can have a good working relationship with your core vendors, I feel like that's 70% of the issue. Yeah. Okay. This has been really great. We touched on, on a lot of really valuable things. And as we said, there's more and more people coming into this role for the first time. And I, I think it's going to be incredibly helpful to see how you approached it, the people you reached out to. And thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And I definitely want to touch base with you down the road a bit and see how things are going. That sounds great. Yeah, I really appreciate you giving me a, the opportunity to just kind of share these uh, lessons learned and a little bit about this journey. All right. Yeah. So I'll be in touch as to uh, when this will go up and uh, hope to uh, hope to talk to you again soon. Sounds great, Kate. Have a good day. Okay. Thanks. You too. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.